baby Today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw But it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80 It's the gold Did yeah, you hit it on one Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 This is episode 75 of the Break 80 podcast. It's Stouds here. We have hit November, which means the dark days of life are upon us. As we hang on to the daylight that we have left, um, soon the Danes will get shorter, even shorter than John Rahm's backswing, shorter than Tim's 230-yard spinner off the tee. And joining me to talk through all that is and is what's going to happen in golf lately is None other than top 100 Tim, short-sighted Mike, a walk-through array of topics. And, fellas, I think we're going to start. There's a lot of things to get to. We've got Van Royen's win. You know, we've got the TGL. We've got a lot of things in golf. But I think the A topic to me today is Tiger Woods. And the reason why is the A topic is always Tiger Woods. It was Tiger's golf. And until he's actually in a wheelchair, until he's actually physically says, I'm done, he always will be topic A. He's he was caught viral uh, or viral uh, went viral catting for his son this week at the Notre Gay. And I don't know about you guys, but if my eyes did not deceive me, I just did not notice a limp. He walked pretty well. He actually looked jacked, like he looked big again in upper body, didn't he? Yeah, that's uh, all you can work. I, I, quit I quit to... doing squats. You don't need them. But he walked okay. Yeah, he looked. He didn't. He didn't have as bad of a limp. I don't know. I just, I couldn't, I can't see him carrying a bag without having something. Like, he's been limping for the last, which seems like, 10 years. Has he become more of a bro in the last couple of years? Because he was so hard for so long. And now he's playing Call of Duty. He's out there pounding energy drinks. He's out there clearly only doing upper body workouts. It is Tiger Woods just a bro? Is yeah, he just one of us? Schiffler, he doesn't take divots anymore. When he's- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... So yeah, that whole divot, I, that old divot thing is complete bullshit. He had to be screwing around with Scotty Scheffler. Like you, wa- you watch, you watch classic, classic Tiger. Like hit some of those videos. He is taking the most massive pelts of all time. They're just humongous. Oh, it, it looks like he killed a beaver on one. <laughs> but yet he's telling Scheffler that when he's really striping, and he takes nothing. No way. That's he was. That's complete bullshit. That's what I'm saying. He's becoming, he's coming to, you know, he's so, he's softening up and everybody's starting to, he's, he's more, everybody liked the boat tiger, obviously his play and his just like kill him mentality. But now that he's showing a little softer side, he's becoming like more likable as a person, even though he's, you know, he's been through a lot as a person, but the news lately hasn't been about tiger, you know, screwing up so much off, off the course. It's been more about just his, talking about, you know, a son and playing in the PNC championship and Tiger, you know, more of the newsworthy, good vibes kind of news. So other than being able to stay healthy, he's kind of a a different character than he was back in the day. Stewie, Stewie Sink said he was ramping up his practice and getting 
more serious about it apparently. So I don't know. He had a, he had a surgery in April on his ankle to like relieve arthritis and stuff. So I suppose that's finally healed. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He moves the needle. Even when Charlie's getting like 20th place in some junior event, <laughs> Tiger still moves well, the needle. Yeah, I was going to mention that, but what, what I, what, even when he was playing prior to surgery, he had a limp, right? So if he's able to carry, like that was not even carrying anything. Like that's just walking. If he's able to carry a bag and not have a limp, that means there must be some pain relief there, right? Maybe Although, carrying the bag helps. He should carry his own bag during events. Maybe. Uh, and I did <laughs> talk about this, Mike. I think the time that Tim uh, was MIA from the from the pod. But we talked <laughs> about one week. His wedge, his wedge, his wedge swing didn't look like, you know, great. He wasn't putting a ton of pressure on his legs. So, I, I mean, I, we have to kind of, you know, hold off the docks for a little bit, wondering what he's going to be doing and, and playing and, you know, what he's going to actually enter this year for, for tournaments, if, if at all. But but the fact that he can walk, not show any sort of just a regular gait, would lead me to believe that I do think we'll see him for sure at the PNC. Let's do oh, that. sure. He can, he can cart there. He can cart there. For starters. There. So we'll see him there. Is he going to play TGL? The TGL League? I don't know. Is he? Gonna, I'm assuming he might. Yeah, he should be able to. He's not going to walk anywhere. He... My big question, it, it, slight side note, but we'll get back. It's all Tiger at this point, right? And now we're talking video games. We know he's a huge Call of Duty guy. What do you think his gamer tag is? <laughs> Because um, I would love to find him on on like a Call of Duty or even like a a, a 2K series of, of of one of the golf video games or even his own golf video game. What if it was what if it was like Perkins sixty nine? I was going to say Perkins something. Yeah, Elon's Escalade. I can't just believe it. Just an AI, with just an AI of a Perkins waitress figure on the background. <laughs> uh, Vegas velocity. <laughs> oh my god. I don't yeah. He well, he's got there's still an open spot in the hero. It's not been filled, his tournament with a good field. There's that. Um it's a possibility. And we talked about that was in was that in January? December, maybe, end of the year here. Okay. Uh and then it's Augusta, you know. I don't tough walk. Tough walk, tough walk, but um, when he was walking before, he was limping, and he still played in it, still made the cut in it. Yeah, because what are the other majors next year? Valhalla for the PGA. Um, I don't think that's that bad of a walk. It's the, it's pretty flat. The opens at Troon, that's pretty flat for a, an open course, and the U.S. Open is Pinehurst. Pinehurst, which is pretty flat, Number isn't two, it? Very flat. So, minus the, minus know, the last hole. Um, he only has yeah, I mean, there's, there's some options for him to maybe play. You think, uh, you know, when he goes to Pinehurst, you know, you got you got the, the nasty Rangers there. Do you think they'll impact his, you know, do, do you think he may not want to go to Pinehurst and play there just because the Rangers are really bad? Those Rangers are so bad, they would ask Tiger Woods to speed up. <laughs> Guaranteed 100% of the time. Sir, you're behind pace. I am right on their ass. There's no faster I can go. <laughs> Sir, 
you need to get going. <laughs> well, may, we do know that maybe Tiger won't uh, be a caddy when he retires because because Chuck Chuck Woods the, the third or whatever Charlie Charlie the son uh, he got t seventeen this week. He shot 73, 74, 68. So it's a great final round. He's he was tied for the the best um, uh, final round score with the sixty eight. But he was 13 shots off the lead for a three-round tournament. He's got a swing that is just aesthetically pleasing. Like, it just looks absolutely pure. But I don't know if he has the... In the today's golf day and age, like, it is so hard to separate yourself as a youth. There's so many good young golfers out there. I don't know if we'll... I mean... It's hard to predict what's going to happen to Charlie Woods in his golf future, but we've had a lot of kids, a lot of young sons of great players not be able to get to that next level. Um, and I don't know. He's got more pressure than anybody. So so much pressure. It's kind of like, remember in the 80s when they put Gary Nicholas on the cover of Sports Illustrated? As the next Jack like Nicholas's son was on the cover, you know, when he was like, I don't know if he was in college or, you know, he was roughly around 18 to 20, end of high school, college, maybe a college player. And they had him as like the next great Nicholas or whatever it said in the, you know, and then he, that didn't pan out, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. Savvy's kid tried to play, and there's a lot of them that try. I mean, just look at the PNC. There's some good, you know, young kids, but you're, you're, God, you're, you're, your success is just such a narrow, yeah, well, with the PNC, John Daly's son, you know, little John, he gets a lot of pub for being good, but he finally, I think, this year as a college, is he a junior or a senior now or something? He's he's finally been able to crack their, their lineup at Arkansas and play. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. That's like That's like Charlie's standard finish. That's yeah. kind of what he, that's like he is average. He doesn't win all these. Like, I think people, I think there's this misunderstanding that he wins all the time, which is not true. He's, you know, roughly usually around that 20th position in a lot of these big tournaments, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he, what he, you know, we watch him in the PNC, but we don't really know what he, why is he at the level he's at? Like he, he did shoot a bogey free final round, which is a very impressive score, but, because he was so far back, I'm sure he was a little bit less, you know, worried about shots or wasn't, you know, he kind of went to, to chase it a little bit more, but is it his putting? Is it, is he, is his short game not, you know, there, I mean, he can piss off it off the tee. Like a lot of younger kids can, um, his swing looks in total balance. I just would like to see where he's not able to score. You know, we don't really watch him in a, a live 18 hole you know, TV setting besides PNC, which is a scramble. I mean, that's, that's not. So, so Charlie's currently 14 years old and, and I think all of America has really watched him grow up through the years, but he's still significantly shorter than Tiger and going through growth spurts right now. Cause you remember his PNC debut? He was all of four foot eight, probably. Right. Soaking wet, 95 pounds. And he's grown up some, but he's still well below Tiger's height and weight. He's still 
you know, growing at a, a, a fairly rapid clip. So I, I would think some of these things are likely growing pains that he's going through as well and understanding where your new sense of space really is in this new body. Cause you both played basketball. You can think of like the tall lanky kid when he first found that growth spurt of, of how weird he looked in the paint and how bad his form was shooting uh, for a couple of years as he finally grew into, to what became of his, his body. So Give him, give him some time. You know he's got a great coach. Lord knows it. That shooting form doesn't change, Timmy. When you're, when you're, when you're growing, it's, <laughs> if you're a shooter, if you're a shooter, it's like fucking riding a bike. No matter how, whatever happening, <laughs> okay. shots. Um, yeah, he's like a yeah. I get yeah. I don't know. I uh, yeah. I I would be with all of the pressure that he's going to have a shadow. on him. I would be amazed if um he's able to you know become a professional and do something like that'd be amazed that'd be amazing under that kind of pressure to be able to do that yeah the only chance he has in and this is why his dad was so good is his only chance he has is to have the most impeccable impeccable like mental way to something mentally in him that can somehow create this perspective that nobody else is out there. It's just me. Like, you know, Tiger always had the blinders and there was just nobody else on the course, but him and maybe his dad, he maybe had seen like, can he lock into this? I don't know if he's like, that's just like an it factor that I don't know. I think those those blinders were created by, by Earl and the camper. I mean, you can't, (laughs) you can't just, You can't just be a great tiger early. He's like, Tiger, put the blinders on and go to the range. I'm, I got work to do here. <laughs> you can't just create, like, I, I don't know, this, this hardened crucible from coming from an $80 million mansion on the fucking ocean. You can't yeah. just, hey, you know, you yeah, ready to grind? Know. Like, God, no, dad, I just woke up and the sea's crashing against my window and there's birds <laughs> chirping and I really wanted to go yacht today. Like, you just it's the same thing as fighting almost the fighter that gets good and gets money gets soft is the old adage and to to think that charlie's going to have the same mental fortitude that tiger builds from from what he was trained under that's the only way he's going to be able to make it because of all that pressure like he's gonna i don't see any other way for him to just be magical with all that added stuff if he can't find a way to just be such a higher above than anybody else mentally and if you can't do it, then I'm going to say failure. Don't get me wrong. I Charlie's <laughs> seen some stuff already. There's been some drama within the family. There's been some tiger drama regarding driving over the years, um, accidents. But I, that doesn't necessarily translate to to what's been instilled on the course. Well, you um, think he's ever eaten at Perkins? <laughs> God, you'd think so. He, he might be a he might be a Denny's kind of kid. You never know. Tremendous twelve. <laughs> You know, I know Tiger if you're training him. Um, the other, well, yeah, it's a it's a big unknown. The other unknown when it comes to Tiger, and I still can't figure this out. Has Nike just completely given up making him a shoe? Is he just gonna is he just gonna roll in foot trade premieres the rest of his career, or what? Did they just totally like we're gonna make Tiger old ones that like Tommy Fleetwood and stuff are gonna wear, but then Tiger's just gonna roll with foot joys because he's still wearing them. Like, like yeah, I, I would it. think. I would think that goes back to uh, he's wearing medals 
he's always wearing medals anytime he's out because I, I think that he feels like he needs them just because of the state of his leg. Uh, and I, I wonder if Nike just doesn't have a good platform to have a support and a base to put medals in. Are you, that listening, he likes. To you, are you listening to yourself right now? Yes, Nike, I, I'm, I'm absolutely Nike, listening to myself. Nike's profits are billions of dollars. You're telling me they can't develop a fucking golf shoe with metal spikes? Like, hey, I, I'm sure that they still can. I who knows? It could Nike be a, made a shoe. Nike made a shoe that hovered for Marty McFly. And they can't, <laughs> and they can't make Tiger a, a golf shoe. I mean, they used to make they used to make golf shoes back in the day with Tiger that looked like Premiers do now, kind of like leather. Oh, they do dressier dressier golf shoes. Like I don't, I can't. Like wow, is there nobody at Nike that just buys the goes and buys a Premier for two hundred dollars and then t- deconstructs it and says we can make this shoe? Like it's not. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard. Like it's 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 so bizarre that there I don't I don't know if you've noticed this either but it seems like a lot of the Tiger Woods line is becoming more difficult to find. I have yeah, not maybe found they're, maybe they're facing a host. Out. Yeah, it it feels like they are. It really feels like Nike is trying to go support Scheffler and and Kepka and other athletes over over Tiger Woods because I have to be honest, it's it's difficult to find the Tiger Woods polo and I love that fit. It's the best fit Nike's ever created. Um, as far as just a sizing standpoint, and it's become increasingly difficult to find. The hats are still easy-ish, but that's what I was going to say. What are you going to do if they discontinue the hats? Your favorite? I, uh, I, I don't know. TW, TW logo. <laughs> every color. Every oh color. God. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my god. Hatless. I'm going to be. I'm going to be like Xander out there. I'm just. I'm going to throw a fucking fit. Well, not to get off the tiger subject, but we had another significant um, situation that that is the reason why I like to watch uh, this kind of golf. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast, but this week perspective wins again, Uh, much like, you know, somebody becoming a father, losing a grandparent, caddy, friend, chalk up another one um, as former Minnesota Golden Gopher Eric Van Rijn wins the wide Worldwide Technologies, second PGA Tour win. Emotional victory, obviously. He eagles the 18th, shoots a back nine, 28. Just birdie, birdie, eagle finish. Yeah. Eagle finish. And uh, it leads me kind of to my point. I know we've talked, you know, he's his buddy's a former teammate of his, um, not doing well. You know, kind of got a told he's got, you know, X and X time to live from cancer. But it, it comes to me where it's like when we get this perspective and we, you know, we play our best golf when there's not, uh, when we don't think about a result. Um, when we can find perspective, not hold on to a result of every swing, kind of like we allow ourselves freedom to hit the shots or to roll the putts. Like we're not scared of a three putt because what does it matter? Not thinking of negativity or what could happen if I pull this shot. It's just like these stories free people up. And it gives them perspective and they go out and just perform like they haven't been performing. I mean, Van Royen has not been playing very good golf as of late. I mean, he's had a really bad year. And all of a sudden, you know, this stuff he's going through is he was in the, the press conference this early this week before it even started talking about this stuff, right? It's been on his mind, but on his heart. And he can just go out there. There's bigger things. And it's just amazing how this sport, how many times winners are going through something like this. 
Yeah, I so I I just posted an art a really quick article um on our newsletter today that has the QR code for the um GoFundMe for John Trasmar, his former um uh call not only college teammate, that was Eric's best man in his wedding. Like they're like best friends. And um he is going to he's got melanoma really bad and it's uh and it's kind of a crazy story because um it was in remission he was you know they had they thought it was in remission um and john trasmar was a really good player like he was maybe the best player on that team like he they won the big 10 championship one year and he uh he got like third or fourth individually in the big 10 and then he's he's been like a journeyman on all these on all these mini tours and he's won a, a bunch in the dakotas tour Anyway, so he's still trying to play. You know, he's 32 years old or whatever. And uh, supposedly, the, I guess this cancer was in remission at the beginning of this year. And, that you know, that's great news and all that. But I, I guess on two, this Tuesday of uh, of this tournament, Eric Van Royen said he got a text from John Tresemar that said he went in for some scans. And apparently the uh, melanoma was everywhere, like all over his body, basically. Um, so he's at Mayo Clinic and um, not doing too well, as as Eric alluded to, and his after his round. Um, so yeah, I I just like I can't believe, like it's hard to play golf when you're focused on just playing golf, like n- not when you have other stuff going on in, in life. But maybe, like you said, maybe give some perspective. I don't know, but yeah, he missed. Uh, Eric missed at one point this year seven cuts in a row. He was really struggling. He switched coaches to Sean Foley and and he foundered here a little bit at the end of the year. So he which he needed, you know, like to, he was like right at that one twenty five kind of cut line um for his tour card. So um yeah, kind of an amazing story. And he he put it all into perspective really well. I thought I thought he spoke very eloquently, even though he was emotional about uh about it all. Yeah, Tim's got the old mustache in honor of of Van Royen's win. Yeah, and the yep. joggers. He like big Van Royen look for Tim all the time. Yep, the Grayson the Grayson polo on right now. We are. Uh, I'm trying to work some connections to see if we can get Eric on the pod. Maybe we'll see. That's possible. I'm uh, I'm pretty good friends with his old college coach. We'll see. We'll see if we can work a few angles and get a, another PGA Tour player on the Break Eighty podcast here at some point in time. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's been, you know, obviously with Eric, there was the story of his caddy also being a teammate, I'm guessing, right? Yep. Yep. Doggart. That's how you say yeah, it. They were all on the same team, yeah. So there's that too. You could tell he was also emotional after that win, you know, hugging Eric because they're kind of in this together. And that's, you know, tough. And I think that's, you know, I know that, you, you know, Mike, you mentioned how it could be hard sometimes, like, playing golf kind of gives you just something else to think about for a little bit of time. Yep. Gives you a, an escape. That's weird saying this, but even sometimes like where I've got something else going on in my head, like I'm not really thinking about golf. It just makes golf easier. Cause I don't really, I'm not really caring about my shot. I don't really, I don't think of if I do this, I'm going to pull it. Like, it's just like you go out there and you kind of play and all of a sudden you look up and you're playing well because there really isn't any expectations. Like, his only expectation is that we want to get, he wanted to get home to see John. You know, he goes, I don't really care if I finish 50th or first, whatever matters. Like 
obviously I want to hit every shot for him. So he kind of had that motivation too, like to, to make him proud. But he knew at the end of the day, bigger things than, than golf matter. And he ends up coming out on top. And it's just one of those cool stories. And that's why I keep saying to this day, this is kind of why I enjoy watching golf. I, I don't like, and I'll, I'll talk about the TGL. And, you know, we've, we've had debates about live. You know, it's just like, I just don't get these feels and these stories um, that you can get from a tournament like this. I know it's a stupid trophy and they still get lots of money. But the fact that they tap that that putt in, or he makes that he actually not tap in, but eighteen footer means so much to him in a different way. And I, it's not to say you know that that live golf can't have a guy that wins it, you know, that's going through something too. Like I understand that part of it, but it's just it's a different feel. It's not the the same same feel I get. It's just a little bit less serious to me. Um. So, anyways, I I don't know. I think it was a a cool feel. I did watch a little bit of it. I, I couldn't believe the shots. Putsy was hitting. You could tell he's very focused coming down the stretch. I mean, obviously shooting a twenty-eight is is a uh, is great great golf. I mean, that's that's he made everything. He was making putts from all over the place in that back nine. And, and that's like there almost was like somebody just saying, "Hey, like getting that ball in for him." And that's where another story is created. I mean, a Monday Q guy like his his life is based off of these stories. Like he could find these kinds of stories in golf every week, every year. It just, that's what makes us cool. Yeah. It's like Mateo Manicero, the yeah, youngster definitely. on the DP. How about that story? Um, For, I don't know if people are listening, know who Mateo Manicero was, but he was a phenom, a rough, you know, a little over a decade ago. Um, As a 16 year old, he got, he won the British Amateur. He made the cut at the Masters, took T36. He got T13th at the Open Championship the year that that uh, Tom Watson lost the Stewart Sink. Um, and then, like, a few years later, he shot a 62 at the Saudi International on the DP World Tour and then basically, like, just quit playing. Like he said, I, I this is too much for me, basically. I can't handle this. And then he was nowhere for, like, a decade. And now he's back on the challenge tour he's number two on their like money list who's going to make the dp next year and be back in uh you know the upper levels of professional golf which is which is pretty cool story sounds like tim's bounce back it's got tim's gonna let the bounce back after that sim nine holes he had uh, he played the other day. <laughs> that, was, that was rough that's a um, that's a technology thing and a good segue so into before we before the... we do the tgl well, we gotta uh, get this thing. What'd you guys think of the golf course? Yeah, in Mexico, it looks Tiger's good. Course. It looks it looks really good. It looks dunesy. My issue is, uh, and I don't know if you guys looked this up, that uh, Demonte. That am I saying that right? Yeah, that was on like, like every ad over and over again. DMI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the most part, they are selling real estate down there, yeah. so. Oh. It's a golf. It's, you can tell it's a golf community kind of setup thing they're looking to do there. Very much so. And there are there's a resort associated with it, but the inquiry and the booking is all done through a uh, email address. So there's no listed prices. I have no idea what that place costs. I have no idea how to get in. Uh, so for any of you folks looking for me for travel advice on Demonte, I have nothing for you other than there's one email address out there that you can inquire within. 
which is I, wild. I uh, I thought the golf course looked good. I think it looked really fun, uh, mm-hmm. but just you just can't play championship golf on a resort course because Eric played great, shot twenty, but twenty seven under. These guys, like Adam Long, did not miss a, f- a fairway. 56 for 56. The, like, come on. If you look at the stats, if you hit 50 out of 56 fairways, just think about that for a second, listeners, who, you know, are, that might hit 10 out of 56 fairways or something like that when you play. 50 out of 56 fairways hit was below the average for the tournament. That's below average. That is how wide these fucking fairways were for professional golf like these guys are too good to 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 do that like there's like what so here, uh, what slows these guys down what 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 can they do to slow these to slow pros down wind uh, mostly weather. wind well, maybe outside of weather you got Dry. i mean there's only a few options you either have a golf course that's just tree line and, 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 and a lot of a lot of rough you know doesn't even have to be long I mean, you can have look at Colonial. Remember the year? Remember year when Colonial before they tore it up this year, or last year, whatever it was, where they let it just bake out, and those guys had so much problems getting it on the green. Or Bay Hill that year when it was baked out. I mean, mm, these aren't incredibly difficult golf courses normally, but if you make the greens firm and you grow the rough a little bit, you can challenge these guys. Or the opposite's got to be like out of bounds and water everywhere. Like having a big, wide open golf course for professional golfers is just way too easy. Way too easy. Like, oh my gosh, it's just insane. I mean, Matt Kuchar shot a 60, like seven with a quadruple bogey. And like, like he made so many birdies. Matt fucking Kuchar who's basically a geriatric. He's ready to go to the champions tour. Well, like, perfect. He's ready to buy a, a home site there. <laughs> yeah. With all the money he saved from stiffing his caddy the last time he won in Mexico. <laughs> that was karma right there. Karma got him. Kuch is ready for a second win. He's coming back. He's, he's kind of like in that second win. He's going to just kind of. You know, get on the on the tour this year and, and threaten maybe get another W. Just kind of like a Stuart Sink rejuvenation that kind of won, yeah. found his game for a little while before he gets on the Champions Tour. We missed one player from this tournament. We have not talked about one guy. A key cog in the uh, Worldwide Technology Championship. Blocky. Blocky. DFL. Michael Block was dead fucking last. DFL. <laughs> he got last place. <laughs> Blocky played. Yeah, he's but this was actually like this was like he actually qualified. Like he he's like a legend on that, you know, Southwest chapter of like PGA professional golf. And he won their like season long, whatever, which got him into this. But then he got dead last, dead last DFL for Blocky. But he uh, tighter, you know what I mean? But he was huh? He probably won on the golf course tighter. Probably, but he was putting with Jack Nicholas and that has anybody like Good for Blocky. Like, I know everybody's noted it, but like, has anybody taken their 15 minutes of fame and run with it more than Michael Block? Like, it's absolutely insane. He's playing in the Australian Open. Like, the, the Aussies were so pissed. Like, can we, they gave him an exemption in the Australian Open instead of like to some Australian pro that could use it. Who else is going to lead our team to a victory at Beth Page Black, the writer? <laughs> Blocky, man. Block. Blocky, let's go. Get us the <laughs> captain. Let's go. Oh. Uh... 
Um, yeah, I was just, you know, when I thought about the the easy of the golf course, Tim, it, it brought me back to when I hit all the fairways at Stream Song Blue, just hitting every fairway. And then obviously coming away and not shooting. I think I shot a 78 or 9. Couldn't, you know, I mean, every single fairway found a way to still not shoot great. Right. So, and I, I think I mentioned this before in our, our conversation, but that, not that that was a Tiger Woods course, dope courses can be particularly wide, especially on the uh, kind of the, the tourist golf, the resort golf side, but so many of Tiger Woods' new courses, uh, Blue Jacks a little bit narrower, but Payne's Valley, super wide. You are hard pressed to miss a fairway out there if it's not blowing. Um, but to all of us laymen, to to all of us normies, a lot of it has to do with pin placements uh, surrounding a lot of the hazards around the green. But if you're a tour pro and you've got a wedge in hand, you're not worried about any pin placements up there. So the 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 guys, no matter well outside of Michael Block that couldn't break par. Um, Everyone else that was out there has no problem hunting in with wedges to to tucked pin placements, and I think that's that's kind of the difference between us and them. Well, they probably don't have the two thirty spinner when they really need to hit a tight fairway. And they've never they've <laughs> never seen such precision. <laughs> they just take out they just take out like a six iron. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Tim. It doesn't matter how narrow it gets. Tim can just whip out the two thirty spinner, and it's somehow it's in the right middle. in the middle. It's right in the uh, middle, not boys. On the, not on the simulator yesterday. It was, it was either straight right or hard pull left. Now I don't know. Tim and I might be playing in a two man event here this Saturday in the cold. So we're gonna we're hoping he picks his game up by then. What do you guys? It, I was it, I was like I was I said, striping the driver. I was hitting the ball. It. I was hitting the ball well at Montgomery. <laughs> I was hitting a draw, so I don't know what happened Sunday. It was probably my frustration with technology. Because we were, we were playing a course with just about as big of fairways as the one in Mexico, Mammoth Dunes. I mean, and I missed, I missed every fairway. hardly miss, and Tim, Tim couldn't even <laughs> keep it anywhere in the stratosphere. <laughs> well, to, to kind of segue here, the TGL format was revealed, I think, like last week or something like that. Um, other news, too, with that is that John Rahm WD'd. I know that people have thought that this might be a sign he's going to live. Um, I am going to highly doubt that. And the reason why is I think it was probably due to uh, more commitment that he originally was thinking it was going to be is kind of the sound of it. Um, traveling to Florida to get there, you know, meeting all of his requirements, you know, I'm guessing they get quite a bit of money, but does money really matter? John Rahm at this point, I'm sure he has plenty of it. Maybe it's more that he recently had another kid and just, Wants to spend more time uh, with family. I don't think it's anything about live or not. But anybody have anything interesting about the the format? I don't know if we've gotten into details on that or what it's actually going to look like. I know me personally, I'm not, you know, it's not on my calendar to, to can't wait to check out. I'll probably, probably watch it a little bit here and there. But anything that you guys picked up on that was news? It, it feels so disingenuous just to, to come out and badmouth live for a fun new format that captivates audiences. Okay, and... okay hold, hold on, stop. First of all, <laughs> the live format isn't captivating anybody uh, and no one's watching, but 
Like they're going to watch this. Like they're going to watch four dudes. No one's from Boston. Can be from Boston when the team's not even in Boston playing in Florida. Like get out of here. At least make this realistic. And you've got. But it's not real. It's on Sims. It's not. That's the whole point. It's supposed to be like fun and entertainment. Live is like masquerade. The Sims are going to crash just like they did when I (laughs) I tried to play them. Live is is like masquerading as exciting, entertaining golf, but it's still supposedly championship golf, which is like. Totally different. This is like a this is just a complete like entertainment thing. Um yeah, I don't know. The format I'm looking at. How about the team names when I look up the format? You got the Atlanta Drive, GC. You got the Boston, uh they got the frog as their logo, the Boston Common Golf. Yep. Nothing named it Los Angeles is Los Angeles, but the logo is kind of cool. It's kind of the west side. Almost like uh, old I, school gangster vibe. I think Rom. Well, I think the, I think the idea. I don't know. This could I could be way off here. Is they have this SoFi Center, um, two hundred fifty thousand square foot venue. You can get like close to two thousand fans, like sixteen hundred or something like that. Um, it's got giant simulator. You know, sixty four feet by forty six feet across is the simulator screen. Sixty four by forty six. Um. 20 times the size of a standard simulator. And then they have a short game complex that has three sand bunkers, three 15 by 20 feet virtual greens, which within a massive 3,800 square foot putting surface. So they must be able to move the green around on this putting thing. So, I mean, I think the idea is with those towns, this would be my guess is if this takes off, then like Boston builds their own like stadium like that. And then you go, you know, to these places. Instead of, it's all, it's all based in Florida right now, which you've is I got, think part of this is, it, but you've got Los Angeles, you've got Atlanta, yeah. you've got San Francisco, you've got these towns that don't even require simulators. What, what simulator business are they trying to promote or book well, around the, the simulator, simulator golf? company is full swing technology. It says, Whatever that is. is. Who is that? But um, my guess is you you would have a, sp- a place in those cities. And then in an ideal world, like I think this is what, one of the reasons Rom pulled out. Like he lives in, in Scottsdale and he's got to go to Florida. And the week of these events in January, there's actual, it's like the week of like the American Express, which he's the defending champ and a different event events that they might actually play. In. And then you got to go to Florida on a Tuesday and then fly back to California on Right away, it doesn't make any sense. So I, I guess to me, the most sense would be if if this was the takeoff, which who knows if it will. It might be a total flop. Would be you and you had those stadiums in those towns. You then schedule, if it works out, during that Florida swing is when you'd play the Florida one, and during the California, you know, when, during the California swing is when you the guys could pop over if they're all playing Riviera. They could pop over on a Tuesday night and do an event. You know that 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 would make sense to me. I don't know if it's ever going to take off, but the format you asked, Jeff. Here's what you got. Yeah. Session one, holes one through nine are triples, alternate shot. So one guy tees off, one guy hits the second, one guy hits the third shot, and it's just all all the way through. And then the holes ten through fifteen are singles matches. So there's only it's fifteen hole two sessions. So that's kind of how it works. This is just the PGA Tour's way to give 
basically free money to the players so they don't go to live. I mean, it's just, it's yeah, just for sure. It odd. is. I think John Rom sees right through it. It's just, I'm not going to sit, I, I'm not going to sit and rip on live and then just think this is a great product to be honest. But Rom's one of the investors. Rom is in, Rom invested early in this too. So a lot of these guys are invested in this. So they want to make it go. So they, they make more, you know, as investors, not just players make more money too, if this thing goes. So um, a bunch of them are invested into this. So uh, who knows? The only thing I see with this is that there is a massive global simulator golf market. And it is. it is, it's something that, that hasn't necessarily been tapped by professionals. And that's the, really the only place where this could fit. I am, I hate the team names. I, I hate the fact that they're trying to harbor themselves in these cities because what does New York City have to do with professional golf? No one's from New York. None of the names listed Keegan. on here. Keegan's upstate. He's Massachusetts that's, or somewhere. It's one guy, right? And what? we're talking about a, a host of a host of people. And Keegan Keegan's on the Boston team. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> Rory is Rory's Irish. He's Northern Irish. He's basically that is not Boston. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. Look he, at the, no, uh, history, yeah. Hey, Rory, history, you can go. Cam. You get, two, you get two choices. You can go to Boston. You can go to uh, Notre Dame. You can play out of Notre <laughs> Dame in university. Know your history. Pick one man. of the two. They just they just don't feel like genuine cities that have any association with the players that they're representing because no one's from there. No one lives there. And when you start to look at places where they actually live and congregate as players, there's no reason to have simulators because who plays simulator golf in Florida? Who plays simulator golf in in Scottsdale? Too hot for those people in the summer. They go to the Sims, Tim. Opposite season they're, of us. They're soft. They are soft. That is the best time to play. One seventeen. Tim. Best heat. Of all people I know on this planet, you might be the least qualified to call somebody soft. Like <laughs> <laughs> after <laughs> after you showed up a couple weeks ago to Prestwick when it was sixty two degrees with a winter hat and a and a hood on acting as if we were playing in the arctic yeah <laughs> i i think i i birdied what three of the first four holes or something like that when i was warm. oh my god and then the cold hit in yeah and then it got real frigid the tgl2 has shot clocks and timeouts and all i could think about is mike is you know being able to use timeouts if t- when tim gets on the tee box at the gravel pit if he could just take a quick <laughs> He was feeling the pressure, take a quick time out. He gets to pause, step off the ball, recoup, regather, take his time out. I think he would have he would have he would have validated that skin. What are the refs yeah. gonna do? What what is a rep in, in, in golf gonna do? I don't know. What are they gonna do when when Cantley is going right when Cantley's right in the middle of his process and then you take a timeout just to freeze him for the big <laughs> shot. <laughs> so now everybody in the stands has already sat there for like a minute and a half waiting for him to hit a shot and then you freeze him with a timeout. <laughs> just like the drama, the the drama is gonna be so high. It's gonna be epic. Yep. Well, Speaking of Cantley, I bought a new DeWalt drill the other day. Ooh. So we're supporting the the brand for Cantley, you know, just putting some money in his pocket probably. What size battery in the bottom of that beast? Get a little twenty volter. Oh yeah, we're going. We go full <laughs> out on when you are DIYing an entire house. You go, you go full out. There's no fucking around. I, yeah. I I pictured you for like a what a Kubota guy. 
<laughs> just no, low end. We got a few DeWalt's. We got a few. We got a mix of everything. We got some Milwaukee's. We got a couple of Ryobi's. Oh. Those don't last very long. Oh, you're Maybe fancy over there with the Milwaukee. Yeah, we got a little bit of everything over here. The Sawzall's in Milwaukee. We can cut anything with that thing. I uh, I hang a couple pictures, and I think that I'm doing a project in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a loser. Um, I went, I went straight from hanging drywall to just kicking Tim's ass and mammoth dunes in a matter of like an hour and a half. That's <laughs> <laughs> a man Sunday it's, right there. <laughs> it is weird that you've spent the last, I don't know, two months hanging drywall. I just wonder how big these pieces are. Well, I don't do it. You... We don't do it in like, we don't do it in like, I don't sit, I don't, I don't have the, my ADHD gets going. I don't have the patience to like do it all in a day. It's like a little bit here, a little bit there. My fiance loves it. You it's know. just one piece at a time. She, ah, does, well, she does a lot of it herself because I'm doing some. I'm going golfing, so she's mudding. Yeah, yeah. Drywall, uh, well, you know. we got one great, up off great the golf. lady. She's a great lady. Well, I was going to add a, a little segment to our to our podcast. It's a, it's a debate segment, and how this is going to work? I'm going to give you a, a golf topic to the debate. You're each going to get a side, whether you like it or not. And you get one minute. So I'm going to get my clock out to state your case. Um, and then I, I'll kind of make the decision of who I thought did a better job of advocating for their side of the, of the debate. So you get one minute, you know, some of these are, you know, probably can muster a minute out of some of them might only need 20 seconds, <laughs> but we're going to find out. Um, so we have two topics today. We'll probably add more as we, as we go on and get some more topics, but topic number one. So I'm, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give. I'll give you who's got what side after I give you the topic. So I'll have you start thinking through the topic. But topic one is, do you really need to take our hat off when the round is over? Is that something we need to continue to do? So thinking through, yes, tradition kind of a thing versus, you know, the other side of that. So, you know, the the the, the added, you know, we had a listener that reached out, wanted want us to do this topic. Is it is it is it time to be done? Or is it is it something that, you know, a gentleman's game kind of a thing? Um, continuing tradition. So Tim, we're going to give you the side that is yes, we need to continue to take our hats off. And Mike, we're going to say f that when the hole's over. When the oh round, God, I got I got to argue a side I don't agree with. Okay, let well, me there, well, there you go. That's that's part uh, of the, okay. We got this. We got part this. Of this. So so we'll go with Tim with tradition. Um, and taking the old hat off is part of what we need to keep doing. Yet one minute. Are you ready, Tim? Ready when you are. All right. One minute begins now. I mean, the hat's been long held as a, a piece of fashion through golf, through God, uh, old Tom Morris, and and even before into the Greek Roman origination of of the game. And removing that piece of of clothing in a symbolic gesture at the end of the round has been a part of the game ever since it started. So to think that we are so narrow-minded as to change a part of long-held tradition for hundreds, albeit maybe even thousands of years, all in the uh, the light of style, symbolism, is a little bit short-sighted, you might say. Not only that, but it goes further than just taking off the cap for the completion of the round, but goes as far as to the the symbolism of walking into the clubhouse itself, where at proper country clubs, 
it was a gesture of of not only that to the you members. Silent. You're cut, cut off. Closing statement. Oh. It's right to take it off as you end the match. It's right to take it off as you enter the clubhouse. All right. So that is our side four. The hat continue to come off. Mike, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Minute begins now. Well, there's a simple solution to this. You just Robert Rocket or Ollie Schneider Jans, and you just don't wear a fucking hat. Then you then, then we don't have to worry. Then you don't have to worry about it. Like it's not even a thing. You just shake hands. You know, whatever, and you go about your business. You're like Robert Rock. That guy always had a nice head of hair on him, and even hatless Rory at the at the Ryder Cup is is pretty is pretty vicious. So you can go without the hat. Secondly, you know, you've been out there grinding, you've been sweating. You could have some wicked hat hair. You know, you might not want to take that hat off. It could be. Let's say you're trying to work a big business deal, and and somebody's, you know, <laughs> you got this thing all set up, and the person you're playing doesn't give a shit about taking the hats off, but you take yours off, and you just unveil this just this awful head of hair. <laughs> the business deal's done. You've lost it. All, all in the hair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm 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 arguing something that I don't know what to argue. I'm, I usually take my hat off, but um, I just think it. It depends on the play. You play like shit. Maybe you just storm off. Say, fuck it. We're not even shaking hands. I'm getting out of here. Hundred <laughs> percent. You pull a Tim and you just leave. Say I'm done. I'm not even playing the backhand. <laughs> what I was thinking of too, and I was like, I'll share my who I thought win that one. But what I was what I was sharing, when Mike was sharing, like, can we take your hat off? The people that you know aren't proud of their hair when they take that hat off, they're always trying to fix it real quick. Like JT when he's losing his hair, Speed when he's losing his hair. They knew that that moment was coming. They were dreading the moment of having to take their hat off, <laughs> shake their hands because they knew the hat, the hair was kind of starting to go. So they do the quick little comb over thing, try to fix it, or maybe they kind of ruffle up their head a little bit before they take it off. So, anyway, is that, is that like uh, is that like Annika, like Annika not wanting to win because she had to do a speech? She's like, I'll get third place because then I don't have to do a speech. Only the <laughs> winner and the runner up have to I, do I it. I'll just like I'm gonna get third. Speeth is me, like, I'll just get second. I don't have to take the hat off then. For me personally, like, if we're somewhere nice with somebody we don't know that well, like we're at Minicata with Doug, I was like, oh, okay, I'll take my hat off, you know, whatever. If it's just us three all playing and we're done, I'm like, fuck this, let's just go and drink beer. Like, I'm not taking my hat off. I'm not taking my hat off and shaking hands. I'm not shaking you, your hand. You two idiots, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Hey, where's my 20 bucks, by the way? But it's like Tim when Tim goes to Lake Pepin before the jewel and plays that other course there, like there's probably never been a hat taken off there. There might not have never been golf pants on. That'd be all just jeans and and you know, whatever. Tim you forfeited your 20 bucks when you didn't show up hungover the next day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I'm gonna get my my point to Tim on that one. Here's what I, I was hoping Mike would go this direction. Oh. Here's what here's why I was hoping Mike would say something about. You know, as we get into all these traditional things, but when you think back to it, like we're already changing tradition, how we're dressing, what we're looking like. You know, we've, we've, yes, there's things that we can kind of keep close to us, but like, look at the freaking pants we're wearing right now. Look at the pants that Tim's wearing. You know, like that did not look like the freaking pants that Tom Morris wore back in. Yeah, they, they actually, they more, they more closely resemble the quarter force. <laughs> yeah, but you have no socks on. You got low sock ties. I mean, you got, you know, you're wearing the old like muscle tees. You know, kind of short, muscly. Somewhat like some places are changing. You go to a lot of classic country clubs, though. It is still collared shirt. Tuck your shirt in. 
Like that's like rules yeah. of the club. That doesn't phase Tim. We're at Minicop, <laughs> 1998 or 1898, whatever, when it opened. Tim steps on the first tee box, takes a big puff as a cigarette, puts it down right on the tee box as he tees off. I'm just thinking, God, I thought this was America. Like <laughs> I think in front of everybody, just just disrespect him and kind of just throwing that ciggy right on the freaking tee box. I think on Tim's grave, on Tim's headstone one day when he dies, I'm gonna make sure this Tim that this gets done when I outlive you. I'm gonna put we're gonna put on his headstone. Was never afraid to ask a member to buy him a drink. <laughs> Every time we go to it, we get invited to like a fancy country club. Tim always asks the same fucking question. Uh, hey, do they, do they take cash here, or do I got you know, or do we got to put it on your member number? Like, like most of us people that have decent like social skills would wait for them to 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 ask us if we want a drink. <laughs> Fine, I'll just I'll just sneak them in from now on. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> All right, and then we have one more topic, and then we can okay. Come. The other one was actually two people asked about this one. I think it was a hot debate actually on social media. Um, going back to um, the Barstool Writers' Cup, it's called not Writer, but Writers' Cup. Um, yep. and the topic is it was a match play scramble, um, 2v2. Okay, so basically, the situation goes. A guy had like a, the team had like a 10 foot putt. Okay. For whatever the score was, I think it was for a par. The first guy putts, misses it, goes and just taps it in before the next guy putt. Well, the other team called him out and said, basically, you now got a five. You know, you're, you're in for a five. That does not count as a four because you tapped in. That's the shot you guys get. So Mike, I guess the debate, how it went online, and I'm just curious to see what you guys thought, think of it. I'll give you each kind of a side to, to argue here. Because I don't know if you know if there's actually a result, you know, something that was really resolved because some of these rules aren't really written. So the side I'm going to give Mike is that um, that team now has a five. Oh, God. You get the hard side, huh? <laughs> that's the hard side? I think that might be actually the... I'm not sure if that's the correct side or not. But that side now gets a five. Tim, you're saying that's a four... Uh, well, because then the problem is the next guy then... He made it. Oh, and made it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The next guy followed and made the putt. And then the guy said, well, you guys are already in for a five because he already putted out. So... I gave Mike kind of the more, you know, last one I went with Tim kind of went with kind of history and, and following kind of more by the rules. Mike kind of gets that side this time where Tim's kind of going with the more, you know, freedom. Of... Right, so I get to be the douchebag. Okay. <laughs> you don't even, you don't even, you don't even need leave your hat on and count even, that putt. <laughs> you don't even need a clock. Like I have no, this is a two second argument. And my argument is simple. That's the rules. I have no other. I have no other argument because in a million years, I would I would never do that. It's the douchiest move of all time. <laughs> I, that's the rules, I guess. That's what I'm going to go with. That's the rules. <laughs> that's all I got. That's literally all I have. I don't know. I got no other argument whatsoever. <laughs> so that's why it's my question. Is it the rules? I mean, that's that's part of it. So that's your like. It's the rules, and and is that that's my whole point. Is it the rules? I no, in, in most, I believe, in most, I believe it is. I believe in most it, like, scrambles that I've played, because 
just played one last weekend and I did what played in one even before that multiple times as announcements came on there is a circle that you can establish with the other team that they will give you that that putt and I mean that's that second putt that he put in that fifth stroke was not far away it was easily within the gimme range in which case you're more than likely just picking it up saying that you've made that five already I you're par on the par five and the other person is is then rolling the putt knowing that one is already quote unquote in yeah I don't know if there's actual is a scramble actually in the rules of golf like is it in the rule book for I don't know if it is I think, no, I think everything has to be established before. And I think back to Mike, when we play the one-man scramble, for example, they let you obviously take your first putt and you're allowed to go up and tap that in before you yeah. take the putt. Well, I mean, I've never, I've played, I used to play in a ton of scrambles. You know, I haven't, I haven't as many lately, but they would usually, in all these scrambles, you know, they go through some rules at the beginning and they, if if they even mention, you know, market and you know market until you make one or you know whatever most of the time we'd get to like the first green and, and both oh, every look at each other and be like yeah just, just scrape that out of there like you know we're not making the first guy misses and it's two inches away we're not making you mark that and and then we know you're going to make that par putt the rest of you you know just try to make the birdie like that's just like a gentleman's thing i don't think there's any actual rule um i think when that's that kind of stuff comes into play in real like golf would be like in a four ball where, you know, um, you might have, no, I don't know if it would come and play in a four ball then either. I don't know if it ever, I think it's just a scramble thing. I don't know. I just, yeah, it, it goes back and forth online between multiple different it's uh, a total chat it's, groups too, but it's, it's about pace of play. Right. And that's the, yes. the entire idea originally of a scramble was for pace of play, right? You're, you're taking, yeah. Not 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 always, but traditionally not as great of golfers, putting them together and allowing them to play the course at a little bit better speed. And it's counterintuitive then if that's your goal to make everyone put out and mark then put out small little two, three, four footers yeah. that, that someone will make. It's a douchebag move. Uh, that was Portnoy that did that, right? To Jerry uh, or whatever. Not Portnoy was the other. I don't even know. Like Kirk? Guys. Kirk something? Or Kirk, yeah, it's just. Monaghan or something like that. It, like, it, it, it's well, just, like, they, were, they, were, they were playing for $10,000, I mean, per person. On the it was the game. volume that was used. The yelling that, that was, happened afterwards. It's like, it was, geez. Yeah, it was. Nobody, I mean, I I don't even care if I'm paying for like a million. Like, I'm not, like, I don't care. Just, if you okay, so think about that. For show, it was for the, it's for the cameras. It's for, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think anybody that you would consider a any sort of colleague or coworker or friend, if you're, they're not giving you like, just that's going to be good no matter what, then I don't know why you would even associate with that person. In, in a round of golf where they on that bar stool thing, whatever it was, that writer's thing in a round of golf where they probably broke dozens of rules, dozens of rules, either rules or unwritten rules to, to make that, to have that be the argument that one guy brought up. The the one rule that almost that 99% of golfers are not douchey about is beyond my, my comprehension. Yeah. I know they had, you know, Dan, Dan Rappaport or whatever was there. So they did have to ask him a lot of questions just to, but yeah, most of those guys are not caught up to their to their rules. So 
I don't know. It was a it was a it was a fun little internet thing a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, I thought we'd see what your guys' thoughts on that was. So that's my only two topics today. But we'll do another topic um next week and and get one out there, kind of a spicy one to, to see how it goes. So anything else from you boys before we call a wrap today? Uh, I don't know. What do we got? We got a sim that sim league thing starts this week, doesn't it, Tim? For us. Yep, it's uh, it's Q School. That is one that is uh, Twin Cities wide. So, Twin Cities Golf is putting putting one on that involves multiple simulator groups. Um, so, TwinCitiesGolf.com. We're playing out of the Twenty Four Golf in Egan, and uh, spots still open because Twenty Four, for instance, is come as you can. I uh, I'm screwed. I have no chance with my, after the qualifying. I'm done. I will have to, yeah, I will have to play it out of my mind after that now because I'm going to be giving so many strokes. Damn. Perfect. I'm going to suck even worse when I go play my second nine. Damn handicap system. How Ridiculous. About the, uh, I was going to say before, how about the gutsy, uh, the gutsy, gutsy performance by our Vikings this week? Yeah. You know, okay, we can talk about this a second. Oh, Lord. These, there's people who who's, I, I just can't. Another thing I can't comprehend are people who, after one half, basically one good half, already to, already to anoint Josh Dobbs as the future Super Bowl champion for the Vikings. Like, well, before he was good. He... he was good in the second half. I know he just he had like two days of practice. He didn't have any. His first snap with the starting center was on the sidelines in the first quarter. Like, uh, but let's be realistic here now. Josh Dobbs is playing for the seventh NFL team. You don't go. It's kind of like when everybody wanted Case Keenum to be the starting quarterback after the Minneapolis miracle. Case Keenum's played for 11 teams or whatever it is for a reason. He's not very good. Um, so we'll see. I think, Do- I mean, it was a, yeah, I think it's a good pickup for the Vikes. I think he, they'll win some games with him. Uh, he he can run a little bit, which is good, but I don't what was know. it? What was it said? Dobbs didn't even know the the names of, of his players as he, he was didn't, going yeah, out there. Like he, like you think about it, I'm sure, like he got to Minneapolis on Wednesday. I'm sure they basically took him and threw him in a room with somebody and, and just did nothing but sit and go through playbook and, and hardly do any reps with players probably because he had to learn the playbook. And That's it sounds cool. like they went the Kevin O'Connell went hurry up, you know, hurry up offense just so he would have a little more time to talk to him in the headset and like translate what plays mean and where to go and what to do and all that. And it does help that, that Dobbs is incredibly intelligent. Like what was he? 4.0 astrophysicist at university of Tennessee or something like that in school. So he could pick things up. Like this is the third time he's been traded or whatever and made a start that week for a team. So he can pick things up pretty quick, but I don't know. That's incredible. That's also the amount of interaction I like with my own coworkers. Just uh, (laughs) what's their name again? It's it's such a weird, like, I actually thought Jaron Hall looked pretty composed and good that first drive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was about to be anointed the next, you know, yeah, we the quarterback. Like, <laughs> if Kirk if Kirk plays that game at the level he's been playing, we kill those guys. We just kill them. Like, the beginning of the game, the only reason they scored it was a, they had a field goal. It was a safety. And then two fumbles, Dobbs, two fumbles in a row, and the defense still held up. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I the Vikes are so hurt. Derisog hurt himself in the walkthrough on Saturday. That's not good. <laughs> when the, maybe the best left tackle in in football, who's about to get a massive contract, hurts himself in the walkthrough. 
<laughs> and then um, the the craziest thing about this game to me would have been, what if Dobbs would have got hurt? Who plays quarterback? Cam Akers was the emergency quarterback, and he tore his Achilles. So they who would have played quarterback? I don't even know what they would have done. It would have been awesome, actually. It would have been crazy to watch. I would say that it would have been, I think you just run basically. Running plays? You just run wildcast stuff. You just snap yeah, it to a running back and try to run. That's all you can do. <laughs> Which would be impossible because we can't run normal. We can't even run. I, no. I, I have not been able to figure out last year with Dalvin, the Vikings were a halfway decent sometime run blocking team, and they were a terrible pass protection unit on the O-line. And then this year, all of a sudden, they're like one of the top five rated pass protection units, and we can't run against a high school team. I mean, we can't run anywhere. It's pathetic. So I don't... The Vikes are a mystery. They could win like they could win the next four games in a row. Who knows? They got a really soft schedule. Yeah. Well, NFC is just a bad place to be right now, huh? NFC North is just a bad place to be. Just just a crapshoot. It will be interesting if we can get to within a game of the Lions because we play them two of the last three games of the year, and we have an easy schedule outside of the Bengals. And Detroit, we got the Bears, Green Bay, the Raiders, the Saints at home. Saints are okay. The Broncos, which they're not going to flex now from a primetime game somehow. We have an easy-ass schedule if we, if we can somehow win some of these games. Yeah, I think I think we – I think still – I honestly, I think we still make the playoffs. I think we find a way to make the playoffs some dirty way. But then it's just going to be classic Minnesota, make the playoffs, lose round one. Back to me, you know, middle round picks. Yeah, middle I don't. I think the silver lining of Kirk of Kirk's injury is is possibly you could get him back on a cheaper one year, two year deal because and save some money because you got to sign Jefferson and Darisaw. You got you got two huge contracts coming there. Which I think um, Kirk has a great relationship with KOC, and I think I think so. He would want to do that. I think he just likes the community. I think I'm I'm guess I'm guessing he's enjoying raising his kids in Minnesota. Everybody I said think so. Great to raise uh, kids in Minnesota. I'm not sure why, but that's what people say. So yeah, I don't, I, that's a that's a that's an I that's an a realistic yeah. approach. The sneaky the sneaky signing that I hope they get done soon. They probably won't. This will be an after the season thing because he'll want to wait is Brian Flores. He's on a one year, like, cause he's been a head coach. I don't, it'll be interesting to see if any other team would, would take him as a head coach, a guy that's suing the NFL <laughs> for uh, discrimination. Like as any other team can take him, but that guy can coach defense, man. Like we have, we have a lot of holes in that defense and he's like, I know they gave 28 points where they had a safety in that one, like 80 yard play to John o. Smith. And 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 the defense for the field position we gave them held up pretty well again. So he can, he can coach. So I hope that that guy is sneaky important. Yeah, and and congrats on your W this week for the Packers, Tim. They beat a. It, it was it was it was good to see. It was deep, real good numbers from Love. Real good numbers. Yeah, they beat Mark Rippon's nephew or whatever the hell it is. Their <laughs> third. They beat the Rams, the shitty Rams third string quarterback with a bunch of other guys hurt. At home. Listen, a W is a W. Just like <laughs> like when you get the the win at a, a golf course that's pretty much completely under construction, or oh yeah, Mike has a terrible swing. It doesn't it doesn't matter. A w is a W. 
Uh, I would be this podcast would be in a much better place if I hadn't lost still. And it was in the in the ticker was ticking towards a hundred if it was churning <laughs> churning its way up there to the century mark. <laughs> you could film the whole hundredth time and yeah. Yep. So uh, shattered dream shattered dreams. <laughs> so, Goddamn right, Brainerd. <laughs> anything else before we sign off? No, just uh, follow social medias and our Substack, which is gaining some steam a little bit. So, if you like yeah. news articles and everything, yeah. I will say that I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm just, you guys know, you'll get some stuff from me, but I'm a busy man right now. Lots of coaching going on. Um, hope to do some things here. I've got some plans. I've been organizing my head, and but Mike and Tim have put a few things out. So hopefully, you're enjoying the reads and and uh, the podcast. So. Yeah, give us a subscription, whatever else you got to do. I don't know what everybody says at that point, but you know what we're saying. So thank you, and we appreciate it. Anything else? That's all, all I right. got. Difference between mm-hmm. 79 and 80 is everything. Maybe today's the day I brigade thee. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold. Well, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Very, 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 very.